And you know, something that I have endeavored to do, if I'm going to minister, it doesn't matter if I have five minutes or five years to prepare. The first thing that I want to know is, Lord, do you have something specific that you want to say? Because sometimes he doesn't, and sometimes he'll just let me preach something that I am familiar with, and sometimes he has a specific direction he wants to go. So um, I'm probably going to go kind of slow tonight, and of course we'll get into the confessions. I don't have those out yet, but we'll get there. Um, Let's just pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you for this evening. I thank you for... I thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for the gifts of your Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing, for your grace. We thank you, Father. Your glory is present at the prayer center. (laughs) Yes, Lord, we trust you tonight. So, Holy Spirit, I just yield myself to you the best that I know how, and I ask you, have your way. Let the words that I speak tonight be your words and not mine, and I ask you to minister to the people the way that you want to minister, Lord. Help me to stay out of the way, (laughs) and for you to have free reign in this service. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, a few weeks ago, I preached a message here on the 830 service about spiritual discernment. I was kind of surprised because I don't know that I, I, I've taught about things, spiritual things and the Holy Spirit and those types of things before, but I didn't think I'd ever really preached on that particular subject that morning, a few people asked me some questions afterwards, and um, someone sent me a text later, and this, and, that. and I turned to my wife, and I said, you know, I, I didn't think it was anything special. I didn't think it was that great, you know, and I went back and listened to it, and you know, that's, it's a very good message, an overview of spiritual discernment. Uh, now, I'm a little different teacher. Gary Carpenter can will teach you line upon line and really can um, delve into some things. And I'm, you could probably take the message that I taught that morning and preach a series from that. And the Lord kind of talked to me a little bit about that later that day. And um, I, I'm, I'm not going to share all of those things. But tonight, I'm going to continue on that same subject about... Things of the Spirit. I'll just say it that way. Um, and we'll just see what, what the Lord has to say. But I, I want to remind you of, a, of a, a scripture. You don't have to turn here, but in Zechariah, you're all familiar with this. Chapter 4, verse 5. says, Then the angel that talked with me answered and said unto me, Knowest thou not what these be? And I said, No, my Lord. Then he answered and he spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, thou shalt become a plain, 
and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shouting, saying, Grace, grace unto it. Now, I believe there's a reason that the Lord's having me teach along these lines. And I may say some things tonight that you don't want to hear. It's not my intention. But I'm going to share with you what's on my heart, what I believe the Lord is saying, and where I believe the Lord wants us to go, and some of the things that may be standing in our way, so that we can overcome them and walk into the place that God has for us. Because here, he said, who are, let let me read it right, who art thou, O great mountain? So I believe, bear with me a moment, the Holy Ghost really wants to say something to us, And I say us because it's to me as much as it is to to you. I believe, and Tim can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe I understand the vision or the mission of the prayer center, or at least what Dave Roberson had articulated to press into God, to pull out the miraculous, to see a revival in a religious city. It's pretty close. I know it's not word for word, but that's basically what the Lord has said. So we have a vision, we have a mission, we have an understanding that revival is the, the goal. So when we have a word from the Lord, there is a grace upon it that... And to me, that means a revival, the religious city being Tulsa, Oklahoma. And God wants to bring, a, bring out the miraculous and see revival here. It doesn't mean it's not going to be everywhere. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that's what the word was. So there's a grace upon us. In my opinion, there's a grace upon this ministry and those who are willing to link up with this ministry and be a part of that vision, there's a grace upon us to see that happen. And as long as we walk in that grace, then we can, we can, that mountain will become a plain and will bring forth the capstone. We will finish and complete that revival. We will complete what the Lord has said. And the mountain that stands before us has no choice but to become a plain. But it becomes a plain when we're walking in the grace that God has given us. And there's a book that our pastor wrote called The Walk of the Spirit, The Walk of Power. And this is the place that God has called us to walk in. And every time that we uh, negate that and we miss the things of the Spirit, we walk in the flesh, that mountain won. Because see, the mountain is the, all of the things that the enemy uses to keep us from walking in the Spirit. Whether that be our flesh, whether that be circumstances, whether that be whatever it is. But we can overcome all of those things if we stay in the grace that God has given us. And, it, and I believe that when we don't see results, then it's easy to... 
misinterpret, misunderstand, and step into our own strength. And then we're missing what the Lord has said, where it's not by power, not by might. It's not by my strength. It's not by my might. But we have to allow His Spirit to be the one leading us. There's a reason that there's the number of people that are here today in comparison to the number of people that were here a decade ago. And some of that is because we misinterpreted the ways of the Spirit, things of the Spirit. We begin to walk in the ways of the flesh. And so when we didn't see the results that we wanted following the Spirit, we decided that must not have been the Spirit because we didn't see the result that we wanted to see and begin to walk in the flesh. So I think that it's imperative at this time that we refresh ourselves and we renew ourselves on the things of the Spirit and we continue to endeavor to hold fast to that calling or that grace that's on our lives. We have in my opinion, again, there's a grace here to walk in the Spirit. There's a grace on every born-again believer to walk in the Spirit, if we're honest about it. But there's been a tremendous emphasis, and there's been an anointing on Dave Roberson to teach people how to walk after the Spirit, how to crucify the flesh, how to mortify the deeds of the body. That's not taught in many places around the world. And so we have that opportunity. So the enemy tries to build a mountain to stop that from happening because he knows if he can stop us, we'll be just like everybody else. We'll start our own programs and we can administrate all kinds of things. We get a whole bunch of people to fill this room. But it doesn't matter how many people you get there if you don't have the power of God. I'm confident that the resources that have been available to the prayer center, we could have filled this place over and over again. If the people that have those resources and those abilities decided to do it in their own strength, they could have done that. But that's not the mission. That's not the way that we follow the word of the Lord. When God has given us an instruction, when he's given us a vision, when he's given us a mission, it's important that we stay in the spirit all the way through completion. I don't know of a good example of anyone on the earth today that I could say has successfully done that. That's just, that's my, that may be my opinion. There's people who've done great things. Don't, I'm not discrediting wonderful ministries that are doing great things for God and are accomplishing wonderful things. But to really be focused on not moving without the Spirit of God, I believe, is a different type of direction than most Christians walk in today. But if you're a part of this church and you're a part of this vision and you believe God's put you here, then I believe that is the calling that we are to walk in right now is that we don't make our own decisions. We allow the Holy Ghost to lead us, to guide us, to direct us, that these 100, this is 100% His mission and His directive. And we're only going to go where He asks us to go. So, in order to do that, 
We're going to have to be renewed in the spirit of our minds. Not just renewed by the word of God, but renewed to spiritual things. To where we think differently than the world thinks. We think, you know, in the world, someone gives you an assignment. Let's say, let's just take a, a corporation. If they have a mission and they have a mission, what they want to accomplish what they might do is they may get a, a, a boardroom, a whiteboard, gather in as many people as they can that have different knowledge and different things, and they begin to write down different ideas and, and gather all those things together, and then they go out with that information and armed with that, and they go and they accomplish their goal and, and try to accomplish and get to what they have set out to do. And unfortunately, a lot of that has bled over into the church where... You know, we begin to, we get a, a word from the Lord, and um, I could use myself as an example. If God said, I've given you the continent of Africa, you know, I could gather in as many people as I can find that, that understand missions and know how to raise money and know how to get over there and understand the, the workings of it and I could come up with a plan and we could write it all out and I could probably get there and, and accomplish some great things. But it wouldn't be, it's not the same as saying, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. There's a different level that God is calling us to. There's a different level where our flesh cannot have any gratification in this. See, if, if I did it that way, then my mind is happy because it got to figure some things out. We got to do some things. We get to uh, understand what's happening. And see, that's, I believe, the trick of the enemy is that he tries to take spiritual things and get you to discern it with your natural mind. But the Bible tells us that it's impossible for your natural mind to discern the things of the Spirit because they're spiritually discerned. And at times when we get into these types of things, it's difficult for me to explain it very well because sometimes our natural mind kind of goes tilt because the things of the Spirit are not for our natural mind. They're not for our natural man. They're for our spirit. And if we can ever learn to walk truly in the spirit, I believe that we will have... Let me, let me say this a different way. In the spirit right now, every one of us has access to a, enough power that the enemy trembles. Okay. The enemy is shaking. He's scared right now. Now, in my life, the number of distractions in the last say it well, we could go back much further than that, but especially in the last six months, it's exponential compared to where it was before. So the enemy is working overtime to get us to look at the things of the natural, the things of our flesh, the things that the natural mind can comprehend, and to work things out so that it all settles down. Because nobody wants to be in chaos. 
So when all of these fires pop up, the natural man says, get the fire extinguisher and go take care of it. That's the easiest thing to do. That way, you know, it's gone. It's done. It's settled. But our job is to check on the inside, you know, and say, Holy Spirit, what am I to do about this situation? If we learn to do that consistently, the Holy Spirit shows us things to come. He prepares us for what's ahead. Some time ago, I don't know how long ago it's been now, but maybe a year and a half, I don't know, maybe two years, the Lord spoke to me. I was in the shower. He said, the devil's trying to kill your family. I want you to pray for your family. Shortly after that, my brother-in-law was in an accident. He was loading up a tractor and was knocked off. And I think he broke his back and his brain was bleeding and had all kinds of problems, fortunately. But praise God, he survived that. He's doing well. Um, my brother, Doug, went into the hospital with uh, cellulitis. Um, Apparently got pretty serious for a little while. Was there for a couple weeks, which if you're in the hospital for two weeks nowadays, that's a pretty big deal. They don't typically like to keep you. So uh, my sister had some other problems. My mother started having some more mental decline, uh, memory decline, that type of thing. And so, but the, what my point is this, the Holy Spirit prepares us for things to come. And so... Uh, I didn't have to go into panic mode. I didn't have to wonder what's going on. Should I go and take care of this or take care of that? I mean, there wasn't much I could do anyway. But (laughs) I wasn't worried about it because I had the warning. I knew that if we continue in prayer, I know that if we can stay in the Spirit, we're going to be able to win. We're going to beat this. Unfortunately, it doesn't always turn out that way. As we know, we've had several casualties Several who have passed away in the last several months. And it's not only in our church. It's in the body of Christ. There's been things happening, especially in the last six months. And I believe that it's a wake-up call to say, Church, we must walk in the Spirit. We had an election that most of the church was very dissatisfied with. Most of the church was maybe... Uh, angry or I I don't know what it is. We've had all kinds of prophecies and all kinds of things going on. And I'm not going to talk about that today. I have, because the only thing I could give you is my opinion and that's not going to help you any. But I can tell you this, it's a distraction from the enemy to get us to focus on something other than what we are to focus on. Because you know what? The Holy Spirit didn't tell me anything about the election. If I'm honest with you, he didn't tell me anything. In my heart, I had what I believed was going to happen, and I had my own convictions, and I vote according to those things. But other than that, I didn't know what was going to happen. Yet there seemed to be this whole plan out there from both sides as to ideas of what's going on. And there's a problem in the church in America that we say when things go bad then people start talking about well you know Jesus must be coming back soon 
because of how horrible it is and they try to read the signs of the times. But here's the problem. Your natural circumstances do not dictate the things of the Spirit. Period. It may get tough, may be difficult, may be harder than you've ever seen in your life. That doesn't mean that God's doing anything different. It doesn't mean that He wants you to do anything different. That comes, He has a way to speak to us and it's not through our natural circumstances. I'm not saying that that He won't speak that way. All I'm saying is that those things happening do not mean that He's speaking. Most of the time, we have an inward witness and that's the way that He likes to speak to us. We have the Word of God first of all. We have the inward witness. And of course we have prophecy, those types of things. But things going good, things going bad is not necessarily, is not a way to determine the things of the Spirit. Results don't always determine the things of the Spirit because the, the thing is, the results aren't there until they're there. Well, you might say, well, I haven't seen the results. Well, you're not done yet then. You know, <laughs> we're still going on. It's not over till we win. You know, if you're not winning, that's okay. It's not over. It's not over yet. We, we win, period. You know, that's, that's just the way it is. We win. Revival is the end. And so you might say, well, we're not in revival. Well, the truth is we are in revival. Because see, the truth is, we walk in the Spirit, and you are a spirit. Brother Hagin used to say it this way, say, I am a spirit, I have a soul, and I live in a body. And that's a, a, sim- a simple way to look at those things. It gets a little bit complicated in the realms of the soul, because our natural mind and our spiritual mind, we have to determine what we're thinking about. Are we thinking according to the Spirit or are we thinking according to the flesh? Because that's most of the time, that's where we get into trouble is in the realms of our thought realm. That's why the Bible tells us to be renewed in the Spirit of your mind. And the only one who can help us with those things is the Holy Spirit. That's why I preach the message that what you need most is the Holy Ghost. Because (laughs) that's really the only answer is... To walk in the Spirit, to spend time with the Lord, to pray in the Holy Ghost, and to continue on the path that's been set before us. Uh, Dave Roberson gave us a great foundation and has given us uh, tremendous teaching on praying in tongues, fasting, worship, meditating, assimilating the Word, all of those things that we can do to build us up. But even in those things, I believe we must be yielded to the Spirit. Because we're mature enough, for the most part, at this, in this body, that we can hear the Holy Ghost. We, and we can be led by our own spirit, by our own inner man, who, who has the, the wisdom and the enlightenment from the Holy Ghost. We know what to do in every situation. You know, that, that's a confession of mine. I know what to do in every situation. Because I used to find myself saying, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and there are times when you want to say, I don't know what to do. But the truth is, I know what to do in every situation. Why? Because I have the mind of Christ. The greater one lives in me. 
come on, this is a piece of cake. You know, this, uh, you know why? Because I don't have to do it. Um, it. It used to bother me a lot. I'd hear these stories of preachers that would... I'd even hear testimonies of preachers that would empty out ambulances and people that are on stretchers and all these things and then at the end of the service they take the offering and they go to the bar or they'd have some other type of sexual sin in their life or they'd have all the and it used to really bother me but then you know here's the thing you know why they could do that is because they knew that they couldn't rely on themselves because they're walking in sin so they were able in a service to rely 100% on the Holy Ghost. I'm not telling you to get into sin. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, if we set aside our own abilities, you know why we mess it up? Because we think we know how to do it. We think if we study enough, if we pray enough, if we, if we prepare enough, if we're good enough, then everything's going to turn out. But even Jesus told his disciples, if you're brought before the courts, don't even worry about it. I'll tell you what to say. And he didn't say, you know, he did, even then he didn't prepare them and, and tell and coach them on what they should say or how to prepare for those days. He said, it'll be told, you will know what to say. It'll be given to you in that day. And that's the, where I think if we can learn to relinquish the control over our own mind and over our own circumstances and over our own family and over our own life and relinquish that control, we will see success. Because we'll be able to walk in the things of the Spirit. Oftentimes we wonder, why am I not complete in the way that I should be complete? Why am I not seeing all the things I should be seeing? Why are we not having the miracles that we're promised to have? But you see, when we do that, then we're, we're looking at the natural circumstances and at the natural man and we're trying to determine a spiritual truth with our natural thoughts. And it does not work at all it's impossible so we have to continue on the path of the spirit continue renewing our mind continue standing on the word continue standing on the the confessions and building hope within us so that we see the completed work before it's ever done because the grace that god has put upon us will allow us to walk in that completed work even though we're not there yet His grace will enable us to walk in the miracles that we have not yet seen. He will enable us to walk in the power that we are still looking for. Because if we'll stop looking for it and realize it's been given to us, we can begin walking in it. Because as long as you're saying uh, that it's going to come someday then why would you be asking the Lord what you could do today? Because you're always saying it's not here yet when, when you say that. But see, if I begin saying, Lord, I thank you. Tulsa's, I, and we do say this, but I'm, I'm just saying I know if we were here in our mind, we would be functioning differently than we're functioning today. Um, and so we, somehow God is wanting us to get in our understanding that we're already everything that He's called us to be. And it's all already been given and put into our spirits. Our endeavor is to become who we already are. Like I said, it kind of makes your mind go tilt, but that's really what it is. God, our endeavor is not to, to be, get better. 
We're not to become more holy because in him, we're the righteousness of God in Christ. It says, as he is, so are we in this world. So how can we get any better than what we are? We can't get any better than Jesus. And if as he is, so are we then we are at that place of righteousness, of holiness, of pureness. And if we can understand that that's already in us, and you might say you already understand that, but you don't. Because if we did, we'd be functioning differently than we are. I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm, I'm saying these are the things that are in my heart that I believe God is trying to do in this day is transform our thinking to the place that we understand we already have everything we've been confessing. Everything that He's called us to. All that we're hoping for to come one day is already in us. And, and when we have it, then we can start saying, Lord, is What do you want me to do today? Because I'm holy. I'm righteous. I got the power of God in me. There's nothing that I can't accomplish. I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. I know the glory is present at the prayer center. So Lord, what do you want to do? And see, and as long as we're doing that and we follow His Spirit, then we got. I have nothing to complain about. If you wanted to do it, you you know, tell me what it is. And, And as long as our attitude is there, now don't get me wrong, we don't have any excuses. When we get to heaven, <laughs> we don't have an excuse for why it didn't happen. But if we'll continue with the attitude and the understanding that He's already done it, it takes all of the pressure off of us. And our endeavor is to continue to put down the distraction of the flesh. Put down the distraction of the natural man. Put down the thinking and idea of when's it going to happen? How's it going to happen? Who's it going to come through? All of those things. And we set that aside and we say, Holy Spirit, you do it. Because we're here and, 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 and we're, we're ready to work with you to get it done. See, He wants to do it worse than we want it done. And if we'll just allow him his understanding to saturate us and we continue in that understanding and the confessions of who we are in him we're going to see things differently and uh, after a while it won't matter that there's if there's 10 people or 10,000 people because we've already seen it completed in the spirit already seeing it done now we should be there already but I think that we still have a little bit of work to do on our mind and our, our understanding so that we do see it and we don't get so discouraged when, you know, it's not what we want it to be. Yeah, in the natural, sure. You get sick of all these, you know, not seeing, having church as usual, like, you know, Gary has, has said. But the truth is, in the Spirit, it's done. So, you know, we rejoice now so that we're not shocked. We're not surprised when they wheel in the sick and they get up and they walk out the door. We're not surprised when they don't need the things that we've already confessed that they don't need because we built that picture up on the inside of us and we really believe it. And when we do our confessions tonight, we ought to confess it like it's already done. Like we've already seen it. Like it's a part of our ministry today. Not something that we're hoping for next week or next year or who knows when. Because as long as you put it in the future, 
then you have no reason to believe it will happen. Because you, how are you going to know when you got there? If you're always hoping that it'll come. See, but when you realize it's already here, then we're expecting it. Every day, every minute, every moment. Whether you're in Walmart or you're in a church service. You're expecting God to do something because we're in revival. I mean, Tulsa's in revival. So it shouldn't matter where I'm at in Tulsa. Revival follows me. Revival is in me. Revival flows from me. I bring revival. I'm not afraid to go into some place where the devil might be. He should be afraid that you're showing up. Now, that doesn't mean you go to places you shouldn't go. You know what I mean. (laughs) Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to give you a verse and then we'll go on to our confessions. Ephesians. It's kind of funny. I've been reading the first three chapters of Ephesians and I still don't get to preach from it. But anyway, Ephesians chapter 5. We'll just start in verse 14. Even though it starts with wherefore. That's all right. Y'all can study it out. Verse 14 says, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest. And arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit." Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So here, Paul admonishes us and he lets us know that we can know what the will of the Lord is. We don't have to walk around as fools, but we. We're wise. And he even goes on to tell us. Now when he says don't be drunk with wine. Obviously we we shouldn't be drunk with wine. But he wasn't necessarily speaking about drinking. He was comparing that to being filled with the Spirit. So just like a drunk is addicted and cannot function without the alcohol in his system. So we should be we should have the understanding that we don't function without being filled with the Spirit. And he's not talking about asking the Holy Ghost to fill you and speak with tongues. He's saying be being filled, continually filled with the Spirit of God. So we should walk in a place of being filled. Just as the drunk on the corner can't function in the morning without having a drink, we should be that full of the Spirit that we don't think about what we're going to do without access to the Holy Ghost, without first referencing the Holy Spirit and at least acknowledging that we need Him today. Without making my first decision, it's Holy Ghost, what do you have for me today? Fill me up today. I want to walk after you. 
not after my own flesh. And all of us have responsibilities. All of us have daily tasks and things that we have to do. If you work for an employer, there's things that are expected of you. Yet at the same time, there should be a reverence for the Holy Ghost. What do you have this day? Most of the time, he probably isn't going to say much. But he might. And he may have a specific thing for you to do. And he may lead in a specific way before you get into your vehicle to go to the workplace or on your way to the workplace or whatever it might be. He'll help us in every way. He said we can speak to ourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, continually making melody to the Lord in our hearts. It's something that that we can continually do. If you'll allow him to, you can take confessions that you've made over your life and you can sing them to the Lord and you can put a melody to it and he'll give you spiritual songs that you can sing over yourself over your life over your family and he will be there to fill you up continually being filled by the spirit of God he wants to fill us he wants to have complete control He wants us to relinquish our mind, our decisions. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, Jesus. I'm just going to pray a prayer tonight. Not going to ask you to repeat it, but I just ask you to agree with it. Your heart, a prayer of consecration, a prayer of release of our own control, and a prayer to be filled with His Spirit. So, Heavenly Father, tonight I ask you, first of all, Lord, I repent. And on behalf of this congregation here tonight lord we repent we ask for your forgiveness for any decisions that we made without the consultation of the holy ghost lord we relinquish the control of our thoughts and our decisions and our mind we ask you holy spirit to fill us tonight i ask you lord fill each one of us fresh this night with your spirit we may be filled that you may have complete control. Lord, help us to be yielded unto you in all that we do. Help us, Lord, to discern our lives according to your spirit and not according to the natural mind and the natural man. Help us, Father, to discern your voice, your touch, your leadership. May we be always sensitive to what you have for us, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, for that grace. That grace, Father, to walk in the fullness of what you have for us. To walk and carry the capstone of revival. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you for that grace that every mountain that stands before us must become a plain. As we follow your spirit, we say tonight, Lord, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by your spirit. We're trusting you, believing you, and asking you for your help, your direction, and that everything that's done in this ministry, Lord, may be done by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.